never thought about. I was like, wow. Well, that's good. That's a good thing. All right, then. Let's get into it. Welcome to our first episode of the Truthfully Speaking podcast, a podcast that aims to inspire, encourage Christians by having conversations around topics that are generally considered to be difficult. Today on our inaugural uh, podcast episode, our very first episode, we are honored to have our first guest, a good friend of mine. Uh, His hustle is awe-inspiring. Just listen to this. He is the founder of Gospel Inc., the founder and music director of Brisbane City Gospel Choir, the only Brisbane City Gospel Choir, which has it has been featured on Channel 7, performed at Splendor in the Grass in 2019, I believe, performed at T.D. Jake's um, Gospel Megafist Choir Competition. Uh, it has released three singles and one album, but hold on, I'm still going, I'm still going. He's the founder of Play By Ear, uh, first of its kind uh, in Queensland um, in terms of the method in which, in which he teaches people how to play piano. He holds a master's in music from uh, the Griffith University Conservatorium. Did I say that right? That's right. Uh, I practiced, I practiced <laughs> that so many times. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's an author of the well-received book, Passion Reveals Purpose. He's a globetrotter. He's a husband. He is a father. Right. And finally, guys, I'm at the end of it. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Tosin Adoum. Wow. Did yeah. I say that right this time? Tosin Adoum. You gotta put that. You gotta put that at him. You just gotta do it. It's Tosin Adewumi. Tosin Adewumi. Yeah, that's it. It's like 99% correct. Man, like, yeah, man. I wish I could speak. <laughs> and that's Yoruba, right? That's Yoruba, man. See, I didn't even say that right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like, yeah, man, I know that um, a lot of Nigerian language is very rhythmic. Yeah. And, and it flows. Yeah. But it's very, I know, we're all Africans, but I know for us it's very, our syllables I was saying earlier on are very clear mm-hmm. and they're very sharp sort of thing, yeah. you know. But but yeah, now let's just jump straight into it. Yeah, man, let's do this. How do you manage to do so much? <laughs> why even, like, why wow. do you even do so much why do i do so much man i honestly i don't know like i think it goes back to you know what i believe in that you have to you have to die empty you know and i and i think uh god wouldn't give you an idea or an inspiration if he didn't expect you to act on it so for me the things i do are very focused they're very directed it may look like a lot of things but when you actually um look at them closely they have relation they have relationships right they're related to you know one another so um you know speak about music my music is related in some way or form to the way i write when it comes to my my book and everything so i feel like there's a connection between everything i do okay you know and it's very focused very directed uh so i wouldn't do anything unless it's like it's fulfilling the purpose in, in the bigger picture of what I see my life as yeah. That's a lot. I mean, like, yeah. how do you then? How do you then define your purpose? I mean, like, considering that you're doing so much, yeah. like, if you're doing so much, you say that it it's, works around your purpose. Then, what is your purpose? Um, for Don't me, think your purpose is anyway. My purpose in life, I, I, uh, for me, is to uh, first of all 
you know, whatever I do to make to be sure that whatever I do, God is inspired, you know, because I don't want to do anything that is just an idea that, you know, or something that is popular or common. Okay. So uh, I don't do things based on their popularity or based on, you know, whether they're trending or, you know, you yeah. know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, my major purpose is to help people find significance and meaning in, in their lives. And I see that even through my music, like, you know, membership of my choir, mm-hmm. you know, the purpose of that is to empower members to be able to do what they see themselves as, you know, you know, passion, passionate about, you know. So yeah. you come into the choir, you become a member, you sing with other people. Two years later, you branch out into your own thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like empowering people yeah. to do something. So that's where I see myself. The same thing with my book. So. You know, it's just giving people that opportunity to find their own significance and their own meaning in life. So that's that's it everywhere. So I guess now, obviously, you know, like you just said, like your um, your music kind of spills into everything that you do. We have I did mention that in the intro that you are also an author. Yeah. Um, but then if music is such a big deal for you, we have stuff in the beginning. You got it. So how did you even how did music become such a big part of your life? Well, first of all, you got to understand the family I'm coming from. My dad, you know, was a musician, right? I didn't My dad uh, taught us how to read music. And uh, he came from a Baptist background. Yeah. So it got us to get in teachers' parts, like harmonies and stuff. Yeah. We read from the hymn books, right? And sing all the hymns and everything. Yeah. We have... We have four parts in our family, soprano, alto, tenor, bass. Oh. So it was full section. So right? you got like a whole choir. Your choir, your family's a that's choir. That's right. Basically. The choir started right back there. So, so that's, that's like the kind of family I'm coming from. So the music has roots from that, from there, right? So, but growing up, I grew up on gospel music. You know, everything was gospel. The only thing secular we listened to was maybe Jackson, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the Jacksons and, uh, you it's know. That's a must. Yeah, that's a must, right? And some Christmas songs and stuff like that. Yeah. But... Yeah, from that time, I've been so, you know, interested in music, mm. you know, generally. Yeah. And I think my, at that point, I could see my gift in arrangement and writing, you know. Okay. And it was actually, there's an experience where there was a song that was supposed to be performed, I mean, like, in church on Sunday, next day, right? Yeah. It was a Saturday. Yeah. And the choir was singing it. And I was sitting there, I was just watching them. I was probably like 14, right? Mm. 14 years old or something like that. Yeah. And I told my brother, I said, why don't they do it like this and like that? Yeah. And he was like, okay, let's try that. And yeah. they did it. And after the event, he came and told me, he said, I, I think you have a gift for arranging. I'm like, okay, cool. Just interrupt you there, but do you, because you're so musically inclined, is it yeah. hard for you to listen to music and without, oh. without, without um, rating it? I'm like, oh, that's yeah. just crap. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Why did they put that person on that, on that yeah. track sort of thing? You kind of have to kind of catch yourself before you start doing that. Like, you know, because I find myself doing that a lot. Yeah. Like, you're listening to something and instead of enjoying it, you're actually analyzing it. You know, you're trying to dissect, you know, what's going on here? What's this person doing? Why are they doing what they're doing? Yeah, yeah. So you cannot escape that because that's just who you are, right? Yeah. Well, you just got to, you know, I think every now and then I'll be like, okay, let me just enjoy this. You know, there's nothing wrong in what they're doing, but yeah. maybe I would do it differently. Right. Man, I'm a, like, I'm a hater. I'll be hated. I'll be hated on people like, oh, that's just terrible. Oh, this is, this is ridiculous. I, key, I can be too lucky. Like, you know, that's, that's not good. <laughs> that's you know. not. Yeah. Or like, like, um, well, you know, I'll let you. So, so you, you're part of the choir. Uh, your, your father is 
Yes. Big on music. The family's really big on music. Big on music, yeah. So when did you actually start playing like instruments like piano and stuff like that? Uh, the first time I played anything was actually drums. All right. So my dad, my dad uh, is a pastor, still a pastor. Right? Yeah. So we, he has he had a church back then, and you know I started you know playing drums and you know messing around on drums. So I started with drums, and I had friends right that were musicians at the time, so we'd get together and just play gospel CDs, you know, DVDs, cassettes and stuff, right? Yeah. And they just try and replicate what we hear. And, mm. you know, that's how we started really um, John P. Key back in the days, right? Uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. All right. So we would listen to all the songs and try to play them. So I started with drums and then got to a point I just started, you know, developing interest in piano mm. because I read something about writing that the way you write as a piano player. Mm. It's so different compared to any, you know, yeah, other musicians because yeah. you okay. have you have a different uh, approach, different perspective to, to music, okay. you know, in a way because you can cover everything that's required in the music. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. True. You know, as an instrumentalist, right? So, mm. and, and it reflects in the way you play the instrument as well because as as a piano player, you're almost like you can cover all with, with no help. Yeah, basically, but then for it to be good, you need other people to make it sound good. So that's mm. where I took my interest in piano. Really, um, yeah, I, I just started learning by myself, downloading stuff on the internet, yeah. and reading materials on you know how to play. Uh, the first DVD I saw, I think it was uh, Jamaican Greeks, okay, uh, hear and play something like that. So yeah, yeah. So that's like, and that's like um, nineteen years ago. What? Man, ah! I <laughs> did I just like? I just. Did I, just I, did, I did the maths and I'm like, oh man, I'm old. Yeah, man. <laughs> but that's like a reality a check right there. I was like, whoa, 19 years wow. ago. So that, that's when, yeah, 2000, right? That's when I started playing, like full on and yeah. Geez. So what was the first song that you wrote? Like the first thing that you composed by yourself, like from from melody to lyrics, and even. Well, yeah, okay, this is, this is, let's just do melodies and lyrics then. The first song I composed was called, I believe, and I wrote it for a group that I was in with my brother at I the time. I thought you were going to say you wrote it for a girl, but anyway. No. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time, so, yeah. you know. Um, so, I wrote a song called, I believe, you know, we had a group called The Disciples, right? And that song was like my first song that I wrote, you know, melody, lyric, and uh, harmony, whatever, you know, full song. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. What happened to the song? Yeah, we performed it like in, you know, you know, a few churches, you know, like concerts and stuff like that. And that was it. Never got recorded. Like, but when we started Gospel Inc., yeah, yeah, I brought the song back and taught it to the guys in Gospel Inc. Yeah, but we didn't record it. We just like put a little spin on it. We did, we re redid the like the arrangement, yeah, and the chord structure and everything. Yeah, but, but you know, yeah, like the you... song is still there. I feel like I need to record it one day. Yeah, all right. Are you, um, all right? So, since you spoke about Gospel Inc., how mm. did Gospel Inc. actually come together, sort of thing? Well, that's interesting. Gospel Inc. was like. Something I think it was like something you know, like when you're playing with something and you realize it could be something, you're just playing with it, right? Yeah. You know, Lai and Rachel, you know, you know they're like yeah. a dynamic duo, like yeah, it's, oh man, you know, the powerhouse couple, you know. Jeez. Lai and Rachel, 
uh, Lennon and Louis. Yeah. You know, we all just got together. Honestly, I cannot tell you exactly how it came out, how it came to be. Mm. But we were playing at different times. You know, I was at the, I was in the same church with uh, Live. Yeah. Right, Hope Center. And um, I got introduced to Lenny and Louie. We played uh, Easter Fest with um, Jeremy O'Connor band. Yeah. And yeah, gospeling just started. Um, and the so name good. was, the name was, um, Lai came up with the name, I believe. Okay. Yeah, we were talking about it. He, he designed the logo as well. All right. He's yeah, an yeah, architect, right? So. All right. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's what he studied. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's how he came about. So it was more like, you know, we were basically just playing. We wanted to just play gospel music, right, together. Yeah. It was so interesting at the time, and it became a thing, you know. And a few months later, we recorded an EP, so, yeah. which was great. Um, three songs on the EP, Sicky Forest, Marvelous, two of which I wrote. And, oh, really? Which one did you write? Sicky uh, First. Sicky First. And oh, wow. Marvelous. Oh, I, yeah. Um, I like Marvelous was my favorite. Yeah, but we we collaborated on the songs like you know, Louis. Uh, sorry, Lenny. Uh, no, Light added some stuff to the song. Yeah. The musicians too added some yeah, stuff yeah. to the song. And then you have uh, "Worship Me Anyway," which is which was written by Rachel. Yeah, okay. she she wrote the worship song on the on the album, so wow. on the EP rather. So yeah, that was a good experience. Speaking about collaborations, do you find mm-hmm. it easier to to create by yourself or? Or was it better for you, like musically anyway, mm. to create something with other people? Mm, I think it depends on what you're good at, really. For me, I see writing as um, like a complete process that you have to be able to start and finish on your own. That's that's the way, personally, that's the way I approach it. So if I if I have a melodic idea, right? Yeah. I go into trying trying to build that up and trying to write lyrics to it, right? I know what I'm good at. Sometimes I'm not good with words, so I would have the melody and have the chord structure and everything, and then just give it to someone. Can you sing some words to this, right? Yeah, yeah. But I I still have the concept of the song, like, from start to finish. I know what it should sound like, you know, where it should go. Uh, So to me, I think I would... um, you know, if I have to say, generally speaking, you know, most of my songs are probably like independently, you know, written from start to finish. Yeah. Maybe a few with collaborations and things like that. Yeah. Then somebody else comes in and adds a little bit. Yeah, adds a little bit to it. In most cases, like singers, right? Oh, yeah. Neat. All right. So then, so that's Gospel Inc. Yeah. Then along comes Brisbane City Gospel Choir, which yeah. um, f- for me, is a big thing I mm-hmm. think in Brisbane anyway because I mean like, if you google it it just comes up first of all yeah um, and secondly because of the shows that you've been headlining lately sort of thing uh, it's a big deal so obviously there's a lot of demand for you I know you've played in uh, Queen Street Mall a couple of times yeah are you playing in Queen Street Mall anytime I'm back there next Wednesday yeah. oh you're back there again yeah. next Wednesday yeah. so I mean like so how did that actually come about and why I mean like coming off of Gospel Inc yeah so the question would be like why wouldn't you just Ramp that up, um, ramp ramp up Gospel Inc. Mm. and into the size of what BCGC is now, mm. uh, instead of just starting a whole new thing. Well, actually, the truth is, you know, this is truthfully speaking, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truthfully speaking. The truth is, BCGC started before Gospel Inc. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So BCGC started three months. After I got to Australia, 
Really? Yeah. And this is where I think this is the significance of the story because I had that I had a vision for the choir uh, like 15 years ago or something. Right. And I didn't know where it was going to happen, how it was going to happen, what the name was going to be. Yeah. I just ha- I just had this vision of having a gospel choir and the structure that it you know the form it would take you know and everything. Okay. So when I came to Australia, it was so clear to me that this was the place. You know, it's like you know when you hear that audible voice and you yeah. hear that this is where you're supposed to do this, carry out this vision. So I started the choir. Um, I had Phil, Lada. Yeah. Those guys, right? They were. Uh, that was the first time I met them, and I yeah. was like, "I'm studying this stuff," and they're like, "Oh, we're interested." So we had the first meeting, and nothing happened for like eight months, and then okay. we came back together again, you know, and then the st- things started happening little by little. But I think yeah. the question was with gospeling, you know, you had like you know five different people in the yeah. group, and yeah. we all like you know, going in different directions. So yep. it got to a point where oh, right. obviously, yeah. you know, things happened for people, you know, people mm. move on to other things, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I, I think what we did together is still very significant, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like gospeling never went away. It was, it's just slipping, like. <laughs> okay, oh, and I, and, all right. And I'm telling you this, one day it, something would happen, you know, yeah. that would bring it back, you okay. know. And that's how I feel. That's that's how I keep thinking about it. I keep thinking about it that way. Like gospel link is just slipping. It's just like it's just like taking a nap, a long nap. But wow. <laughs> so wait. So you mentioned that you had a vision, and I know mm. that you know um, we've been talking about purpose and stuff. And obviously, this is one of the things that you did. Can you describe how that happened? Um, you know what I mean. Like as in, what were you doing? Um, what were the thoughts behind it yeah. and why out of all the other things that pop across through your mind was this something that you had to see through hmm. well um, this was very um, a significant period in my life because I was I was just coming out of high school right mm-hmm. and I read a book um, about On Purpose from Miles Moreau <laughs> so that's interesting we'll get into that <laughs> yeah, okay. but and then Miles Moreau came into my city and had a conference and I went and saw him. Yeah. And f- for the next 12 to like 24 months, one to two years, right? Yeah. I was completely antisocial. Uh, I just wanted to find out what my life was all about. All right. So I was reading books, you know, thinking, reading the Bible, praying and stuff like that. Yeah. And because I just wanted to know what my life would be all about. Mm. And it was in that process that I wrote the dream down about the choir. Yeah. Wait, and so was it a dream dream or was it just like something like your, like it was, it wasn't like a, just, I didn't, just, I didn't, I didn't have a dream. You know, I just had a vision. Like it, it's just like you have an inspired moment. Yeah. Like yeah. this is what you should do. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote it down um, back then. I still have the book, mm. the diary that I wrote it in. I carry it with me everywhere I go. Oh. So I wrote it down. It didn't have a name, but it just, I wrote the vision and everything. So that's, that's when it started. That's where it started from. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how it was going to happen, where it, it was going to happen. I just knew that that was going to happen one day. Uh, and Play By Ear was also conceived right there. At, right, at that, the same time. At the same time. Right. Play By Ear was conceived at the same time. The only, the only thing that came into my life later was 
passion reverse purpose, which <laughs> okay. is also connected to it, but in a different way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's how it started. That's that's where it came from. You know, after spending that you know months and months just thinking about what I want to do with my life, I came to that point because it, it has a lot to do with who I am, you know, and what I'm good at, you know, my personal identity. So I was like, okay, mm. what is it? So this is it. And from that point, I started, you know, doing more with piano playing, learning more about music and stuff. Mm. Yeah, and everything just happened, you know, organically, like up to this point, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So that's, that's pretty interesting because, I mean, so obviously you've had a lot of visions and ideas. Yeah. But why, why or how do you intentionally drive through to see all those things or drive those visions all the way to to them becoming something tangible because mm. as you know a lot of people have dreams and visions and ideas mm. and stuff but it's not so easy to you know to um to make it happen to make it happen yeah you know but mm. obviously i'm like for, for you it's not like you've just done one thing a lot of people mm. are like oh look i've done bcgc i'm Mm. I'm good, but then you went on to write a book, and then you went on to do Easter touring and um, with the book, and you got um, choir shows. You're still taking bookings for the choir and all that stuff. You know, so, what is it? Do you think that people need to know about the difference between having a vision and actually seeing it through, mm. and what it actually takes to see it through? I think. Uh... The distinction between having a vision and seeing it through is, or the gap between that, you know, yeah. is the quality of the vision and the source of the vision. The quality of the vision. And the source, particularly the source of the vision. Okay. So sometimes we're inspired by just what people are doing, you know. Yeah. Okay. There's something I wrote a while back ago. Uh, if the fire doesn't start in you, you cannot keep it burning. Wow. So if you have wow. something that you're so passionate about, yeah. you first have to ask yourself, where is this coming from? Is this deep rooted, like inside of me? Yeah. Or is this something that I see other people doing and I want to jump on the bandwagon, right? All right. Okay. Because that's okay. what's going to determine whether your motivation will last. Yeah. You know, because you get to a point where some things will happen that you, you just want to walk away from things. Yeah. But the reason why people don't walk away from things is because they know the reason why they're doing it. So your why is important. So your why is important. Okay. You know? That sounds like Simon Sinek. Right? <laughs> yeah. So your why is really, it's, it's really, really important. For okay. me, it was, and the fact that I wrote it down when it happened, you know, that's why it's important to, you know, I'll tell you this, yeah. this, it, it baffles me all the time. Yeah. I go back to this journal, like 15 yeah. years ago, 15 year old journal. Yeah. And I look at it. Yeah. Everything I wrote down hmm. has happened. Oh, wow. Great. Everything that I wrote down in that yeah. journal has happened. And I'm like, things that I didn't write down didn't happen. So okay. is this another way to confirm, you know, write the vision, make it plain and all that okay. stuff? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, because that actually works, you know, in a way, because when you write stuff down, you actually it's like you're making a conscious decision to to follow through with it. Yeah. You know, it's not just, you know, something that people do because it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's something, it keeps reminding you of what you need to do and what you promise yourself that you're going to do. You're going to do. So, yeah, but ultimately, it's the reason why you're doing things. Because I, I'll tell you that, you know, things have happened with BCGC mm. that you just want to, like, walk away, like, you know, 
just forget this, you know? You know okay. Yeah, but then you yeah. got to think about it again and say, why am I doing this? Yeah. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than anything, you know, bigger than how I feel. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think that's the distinction between, you know, sticking out, sticking it out and walking away from something. Yeah. Man, that's, uh, that's, uh, well, for me, it's, it's an everyday battle. You know, yeah. I got so many things, uh, you know, like the podcast, for example, has been something, it's always been a dream of mine to, yeah. to do this as a stepping stone to um, the radio thing. But um, but yeah, nah, definitely take that on board. But now we're gonna talk about music in general, okay. because um, like I said, I, I'm 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 a big music lover, mm-hmm. which in some ways automatically makes me a music critic. Yeah, not intentionally, but it's just you know I just love it so much and and I appreciate the good stuff. And I anyway, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, but like I think. I personally feel that you know making Christian music is is a different thing. Oh, it's yeah. a totally different world. Totally different um, world yeah. And I've spoken to a lot of people who I've come across who I said, "Oh man, you can really sing," you yeah. know. And they'll and they're a bit hesitant. And one of the reasons why they say that they're hesitant is because, um, like, well, this one lady said to me that she was concerned about the doctrine issues around the lyrics that she might write, sort of thing. Mm. How important is a the doctrine mm-hmm. the doctrine and the lyrics yeah. and be the okay let's just start let's just start with that how important is the doctrine of the lyrics I'm sure you know about um Bethel worship yeah and the controversy around that and how I've seen a lot of people online will be saying stuff like um people shouldn't listen to to Bethel worship yeah based on the doctrine of the church itself yeah. and, and the the senior pastor, yeah, and and the things that he says and all that kind of stuff and how mm-hmm. they're not biblical and all that kind of stuff and that therefore their music isn't mm. isn't gospel. Mm. What are your thoughts <laughs> on, yeah. on the situation? That's like a that. serious one. Man. I'm like, it's a really serious thing. Like you know? personally, to start with, I don't pay attention to controversies. Like I yeah. just don't pay attention to it because I'll tell you this. Yeah, as a Christian, right, and as a believer, right. First of all, like it should never be our concerns, like to worry about someone else's uh, the validity validity of their faith of what they preach. Okay. I'll tell you why. Yeah, because you don't you don't even have to go that far because you already have something to disprove or approve anyone, which is the Bible, right? Yeah. If people really read the Bibles, yeah, they wouldn't have some discussions, right? You wouldn't have some debates, okay? Right? It would just be clear cut, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, and the other thing about whether, um, you know, how to bridge the gap between doctrine, you know, or, you know, like when you're writing music and stuff like that, I, I feel like um, what makes a song a gospel music yeah. isn't so much the fact that you can, you know, put Bible scriptures or scriptures from the Bible into the song. I think it's more about the spirit behind the person writing the song. Wait a minute. That becomes tricky though, doesn't it? It becomes tricky because you yes. don't see that. You know, only the person who wrote the song knows. So Right. But then if if someone's lyrics in yeah. the song hmm. are I mean like literally heresy. Yeah. Or not maybe not literally, but like are heresy or contradictory to the word of God. Yeah. But um is being championed as a gospel song. Yeah. Um is that an issue? Or or should we say, look, 
at least people are thinking about God when they sing it. We think they're thinking about God, even yeah. though the lyrics are a bit. Eh. Yeah, I think you have to you have to think about what what is the song pointing to? Like, who is the song pointing to? Like, is it pointing to God? You know, or to them, or to it, it has to have. It's got to have like a a direction. Like when you listen to a song, uh, what does it inspire you to do, think, and feel? You know what I mean. So wait a minute. That that's still it's hard. It's really hard to argue. Does that change then that what yeah. what gospel is then? Because then gospel music can be. I can listen to like I don't know, Mariah Mariah Carey song mm-hmm. or something, and be inspired, be inspired to go to church. I, and that's I don't the thing. think that's going to happen, but... Mariah, she can <laughs> sing a gospel music in a way that will, you know, you know, inspire you, motivate you, or, you know, make you, like, speak in tongues or whatever you want to do. But I think at the end of the day, it's it's the fact that we try to put things in boxes, like, you know, gospel music. What is really gospel music? If I take, like, there's so many controversies going on about Kanye West, and it's, that's another conversation entirely. Yeah. But what is gospel music? Can I just take... Can I just take anyone to come and sing songs, even if the songs are like scripture based? Does that make that song gospel music? No, it doesn't. That's why. I, that's why I think it's the spirit behind it. It's the person behind it. So it's what you bring to the song. Wait. So we shouldn't listen to Bethel, Bethel music? No, I I would never say that because but, yeah. Beth, Bethel is uh, a name. Okay. The people who write the songs. Mm. They're individuals. Okay. Right? Yeah. And the people who are producing the songs, they're individuals. So yeah. when it comes to, you know, the spirit behind the song or what you bring to the song, you gotta dig deeper than just the name of the organization or the church. Right. What about um anointings and coverings? Anointings and coverings. So Man. I'm assuming that we want to we would want to say and believe that yeah. a gospel song is inspired by the Spirit of God, right? By the Spirit of God, and yeah. That the singer is then anointed. I remember yeah. Beyonce sang a song once. I can't remember where it was. I think it was one. Um, what's that show that Kirk Franklin and them had? Celebration of Gospel. Sunday Gospel Night. Sunday Gospel. Oh, Sunday Best. Sunday Best. Yeah. I think that was there. I think that I think yeah. that was one. Don't um, quote me on that. But she sang a song, and I remember seeing like a whole list of comments underneath it, and people were like, "Man, she sang it beautifully." Yeah. But there was no anointing. Yeah. People was like, oh, it's just dry liquor. Mm-hmm. Great. Good job. Well done. But, but why is that? Again, it's the person behind it, right? Yeah. You give the same song to someone else, you know, William McDowell. Yeah. You feel different about the song, right? Yeah. So ultimately, it's the person behind it and what they bring to the song. Okay. Right. So I, I feel like you can almost put you know, it's just like light and darkness, right? Mm. Light doesn't discriminate, doesn't care where you put it. If it's dark, it will light it up. Yeah. You okay. Know? Yep. Yep. Oh, man, this is tricky. I'm going to bring so, another, I'm going to, okay, sorry. I know it's tricky, but, um, I'm going to bring another controversy, con- <laughs> controversial one. Yeah. So obviously you go, we got yeah. Kanye. Yeah. And he's going through his thing. Yeah. Um, do you have an opinion about that? I do, actually. I have a very strong opinion about Kanye West and, <laughs> okay. and his gospel, you know, you know, stuff going on. And this is what I think. Mm. I think people are judging too soon and too early, like, and, yeah. you know, with no facts or whatever. Because if someone comes out and say, uh, you know, I'm saved or I give my life to 
Jesus. Yeah. Who are you to disprove that? You know, who are you to say, no, we don't believe you. You cannot be saved. No, no. You know, this is Satan at work or whatever. People are saying yeah. all kind of stuff, which I think is a little bit over. I mean, like, it's it's like just overhyped, you know, in a way. It's an overreaction. It's an over, overreacting, you know, yeah. in a way. Because think about it. Kanye West, think about Paul. When Paul came out and said, he's now preaching for Christ, yeah, the same guy that was killing Christians. Yeah. What yeah. do people say? No, we yeah, cannot okay. trust you. No. You're not welcome here. No way. Yeah. yeah, but someone took a risk on him. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then presented him to the apostles. Yeah. And they say, meet this guy. I think he's got something to say. Yeah. So, I feel like Kanye West is is like in the same way right now where people are like, no, we don't trust you. You know, we know we're just gonna we, we're gonna keep a distance. Like you know, yeah. just keep you there. But I believe whatever he's doing, as long as he's glorifying God and you know, he's you know everything he's doing is centered around that. If yeah. you actually watch the services, it's not just music. There's yeah. preaching. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's preaching, right? Yeah. And the music director Jason White, you know, is someone that I've followed his music for a long time. You know, yeah. and I I believe. It wouldn't get involved in a thing like that if there's no, you know, no God substantial in it. reason behind it, no God in it. Yeah. So I, I'm rooting for Kanye West. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's do this thing. Well, no, because yeah. it's some. Um, I, I have a similar opinion yeah. on that. I think the disadvantage that Kanye West has is that he is being saved in front of us. Mm-hmm. When I think about my own salvation yeah. and the ups and downs that I went through. Um, and the pit and the mistakes that I made, sort of thing. Mm. Um, they are probably, in some ways, probably worse than what he went through. You know what mm. he's going through anyway. Yeah. The difference is obviously that you know I'm not, I'm not famous, and uh, I didn't have that kind of money, sort of thing. Yeah. And I thought that at some point that uh, I think we have to be careful about what who God chooses to use. Mm-hmm. And how we pick on people whilst they're in the process. I think we've got this twisted idea about salvation. I'm not sure whether it's because of um, the way that it has often been explained to us, or maybe, you know, that we often think that you, boom, you're saved, sort of thing. But I know for myself, it was like a, I gave my life to Christ, but then there was a lot of, like, yeah. to get to wherever I am now. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs, sort of thing. And if, someone had shined a camera at any point in that moment, mm. those moments, mm. they would have been like, this guy's not, this guy's not safe. <laughs> He's not safe. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? That's right. So, yeah, you know, I, you know, yeah. I, I, I feel for the bro. I think that's, that's you just made the point there. He's getting saved in front of us. Like everyone's saying, it. it's, it's like, you know, it's in the public eye, right? Yeah. So it's like the scrutiny is just like so intense. Like, oh, that's you know, insane. you're not safe. So that's just the thing, you know. So if yeah. Kanye West was an ordinary guy. I'm not, and imagine that if I had, I don't know, $20 million when I was saved and mm. I was hot for Jesus, like, yeah. like he's hot for Jesus and stuff. You can imagine the stuff I would have done. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. A, you know, I would have gone to, what's that, what's that, what's that stadium down the road? Um Kiwi to the right. ANZ Stadium, ANZ stadium and, yeah. and I would have been throwing shows too you know what I mean yeah, um, that's right so and some people would be skeptical of that like yeah, no, don't go there <laughs> like, there's no way this guy is a Christian yeah. I saw you DJing in the club last night that's right you know so it's it's not for us really to judge those things I think time will tell you yeah. know uh, definitely time will tell but if someone is confessing Jesus let him do it yeah yeah so 
Let's talk about your book. Hmm. Passion Reveals Purpose. Why? You're probably going to say you wrote it down in the book. Did you write, did you write this down in your book? Was this in your book 15 years ago? Oh, oh I, no, no, no. I didn't write that. I didn't write that down in my book 15 yeah. years ago. Passion, that book actually was uh, a collection of things that I've been writing for like the last four or five years. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So things that I've been writing and keeping away on my phone, you know, just write stuff and keep it away. Yeah. Um, you know, put it away. So it came to a point where I decided to put it together. And um, there is something that is also a part of that, which hasn't manifested yet. Okay. Um, but that will happen in the time. TV show? It's not a TV show. <laughs> but it, it, it will happen in time. So yeah. that's where the whole passion thing, you know, came about. Yeah. Uh, the passion reveals purpose. Because I looked at my own life and then I was like, what is this thing that really, you know, what's the thing that is so... Um, instrument that's been so instrumental in my life and the way I approach things and the things I've been doing yeah. and the things I believe God is leading me to do is because I have a passion for something and that thing, you know, it keeps revealing, you know, God's purpose for my life in different stages, right? Okay. So like your passion for music will take you to different places, you know, my passion for whatever, maybe writing will take me to different places and open different doors. Yeah. Like when I started writing for Moral Revolution, um, that's I don't know that. anyway. <laughs> that's another conversation because, you know, those things open different doors and you find your purpose in different things. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. So that's that's how the book came about. And it's basically just like, you know, uh, a collection of thoughts and things that I've been through. Yeah. And the way that I felt like, I navigated my purpose yeah. in discovering and actually, um, you know, fulfilling it and, you know, staying in it. So yeah. that's what the book is mostly about, you know. So I read the book, <clears throat> obviously, and I got a signed copy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, and, and I really, I really enjoyed the read. It was really good. It was really good. Read. It was very, very insightful. And I appreciated the fact that it was very honest mm. um, in, in a lot of ways that um, I didn't think especially you would be prepared to be mm-hmm. open about, you know what I mean? So you know, publicly, like private person. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, like, you know, you're, you know, us July babies are very yeah. chilled. Yeah. <laughs> very, That's right. Very laid back sort of mm-hmm. thing. So I didn't expect you to, to, to open up so much. And, but I really, I really enjoyed it. And it's, 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 and I'd definitely recommend that, you know, if you, if you are someone who is thinking about it or is questioning um, issues of purpose um, and even just general issues of, of life in terms of life structuring. Um, mm. Even if you're a kid at uni who's trying to figure out what, they, what are they supposed to do at uni, for example. I know it's a very basic thing, but I found that it, it really helps you map out your thinking process mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, so it's definitely a good read. Oh, but um, that. Um, in the book, you mentioned that Miles Monroe was... A big influence. I know you, right. you just mentioned that just mm-hmm. now that you um, yeah, you know you went to the conference. Yeah, did you say twenty years ago. Yeah, about that was like ago, yeah, about twenty years ago, two thousand one, two thousand. Yeah, somewhere around that time. Yeah, I went to a Miles Monroe uh, conference and uh, I've been watching his videos and I've read one of his books. Yeah, uh, before then, um, so I went there and I was like, man, this man is just, I don't know, there's just something about him and there's something about his wisdom that. Mm. 
it just it's like it's like no other. Like it's just like and the other thing is when you when you read the things that says and, the, and you listen to him right, mm-hmm. and you put that side by side with the Bible, it's like it's unraveling the scripture for you. Yeah, like naturally without even having to think. Yeah. So I'm like, there's something special about this guy. Yeah. Um, the first video I saw, he was preaching at Azusa or something like that. Azusa was what, some conference they used to do back in '96 or something. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. it was like a massive conference. Yeah, and it was, yeah. So um, he played a major part because I was reading his book, I was watching his videos. You know, I, I enrolled in a program that he did at that time. It was like, um, it was it was like a four hour, you know, program, right? Where you have to go through different stages of I mean, like thinking about what your life is about, what you're good at. It's like it's like a classroom type okay. thing, right? Yeah. So, and at the end of that journey was when I wrote what I wrote down in my book, and yes, and since then it's been like my number one, you know, go to um, go to man because everything he says about anything he talks about, you know, relationship, money is always on point. Yeah. You know, and you're like. And he's always like scripture backed and based and everything. So, right. you know, it's it's hard to not you know want to be influenced by, by, that. by so, this guy. So, yeah, yeah. So that's where that influence comes. Um, Shame from. Yeah. So, passion reveals purpose. Is it really that simple? It can is be. it is it really <laughs> just whatever it is that you're passionate about? Mm. Um, that's where you, that's where you're supposed to be, or what what you're supposed to do. Is it? Mm. Is that straightforward, or was like there's a, a appendix attached to it? I think it 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 should be straightforward. For, for, I mean, it needs to be straightforward because, like, everyone's born with a gift, like or with a talent. Something there's something you can do, like no one can do it. There's something yeah. that you're passionate about to the point of the way I like to see it is something that you think about when you wake up in the morning, the last thing on your mind when you go to sleep. Mm. Like, so something, this thing is ever present with you. You may not be good at it, right? Yeah. Yet. You yeah. may not be skilled at it yet. Yeah. But that thing is like, it just, it's at you every day. Like this thing, this thing, this thing, right? Yeah. You know, I, I speak about that in my upcoming book. Um, 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 what's no, I can't remember the title. It's just really embarrassing. <laughs> the purpose finder. Right. Purpose finder. Yeah. yeah. So talk. I talked about how you know sometimes people don't pursue things because they look at it. You know, at the, you know at the stage where it's raw. You know, like raw material. Like, and they're okay. like, no, I'm not good at it. At this, this is not what I'm called to do. Whatever. Or I can never be successful at this. Right. Yeah. But what you don't realize is. Nothing God gives you is, you know, is complete in the beginning. Okay. You know, everything is always in parts, like in different parts. Okay. Because if it was complete from the beginning, there would be nothing for you to do. You know, you have nothing to do. You have, you need nobody to help you. All right. Right. Yeah. So nothing is ever complete. Yeah. You know, just like whatever you go into, it's never complete. It's like. It's like when you're walking and there's fog outside, right? You don't see beyond, like, maybe 50 meters or something. Yeah. The farther you walk, the yeah. more you see. The more you see. Right. All right. So that, I feel like mm. that's that's how purpose, that's how it operates. That's like, crazy. There's some things that we've done Yeah. with the choir Yeah. that I would never have 
you know, imagine. imagine the day you wrote it down, the nope. day you saw it. You yeah. never thought that I didn't even it. think it was going to be Australia. So I was like, this <laughs> yeah. is crazy. This yeah, is yeah, mind boggling, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so things like that. I think it's important to pay attention to things that you're passionate about, things that you're really, really um, interested in, and things that you're gifted, naturally gifted to do. Okay. You know, th- there's a natural part that should come with that. Yeah. Something you may not be able to do it effortlessly yet, yeah. but you're gifted for it because you know that it's natural for you. Yeah. You know, okay. and then there's a place of obviously training and, you know, learning skills and stuff like that. But I, 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 I believe that you have to be passionate about something. Everybody's passionate about something if you ask them. Yeah. The problem is they don't think that passion will lead them to their purpose. But that's actually what it does. Okay. And you start to, you know, cultivate that passion, right? Yeah. And you start to give it what it needs. You start you know? to invest into it. You, you start to see. And purpose, what's purpose really? Purpose really is what you, it's not, it's not something you can really put your, you know, finger on or something, right? It, mm. it's, it's a way that you feel after doing something. Purpose is very hard for me to define. It's very hard for, to define in the sense that it's not something, it's not a place you arrive at. It's not something that you can hold on to. Yeah. It is something that you experience along the way. But is it? So every day has its purpose, right? So mm-hmm. when you do something, you know, if, if you write something or you write a music, you yeah. know, that music has a purpose to fulfill, you know. Is, is purpose different for a believer versus a non-believer? Because um, I find that purpose for a believer usually is... Um, excludes you the instrument do you know what i mean like mm. do you know what i mean like at the end of it all um points to god it never really was about you anyway. it wasn't about you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and i believe that it's the same way whether you're a believer or not a believer your purpose your life purpose is never about you, you okay know? it has to be about something bigger than you and that's why that's why i think a lot of people struggle with uh maintaining something after mm. starting because you don't see the reason to keep going because it's just all about you. Because you're not making any money. <laughs> True story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like. I remember writing something a while ago. Like, if your pur- if your purpose is all about you, if it's all about you, it will kill you. It may not kill you physically, but it will kill your motivation. It will kill your drive. It will okay. kill your inspiration because you get to so many stages in life where you know things will happen and you have no reason to keep going because. It's all about you. If you can't solve your, if you can't solve yourself anymore, yeah. there's no reason to keep doing it, right? Mm. But you, the only reason you want to keep doing something is because it's beyond you. It's serving others, you know. It's yeah. it's giving people hope, you know. Yeah. Giving people meaning and significance, you know. Yeah. You know, right. that's that's exactly that's exactly what purpose is, you know. Even if you look at Jesus when he came, it wasn't about him. Nope. Yeah. It wasn't about him. <laughs> you know, it was about the people that he came to die for and, you know, the people that he came to set free. You know, he's constantly saying that to people, you know, even though he he was the central, you know, like it was a central, you know, person in mm-hmm. the equation of things, but it wasn't really about him. It was about God. It was about God's assignment. Yeah. If it was about him, mm-hmm. imagine yeah. what would have happened. He like, would have never nah. gone to the cross, right? It was like, like nah. man, man, I'm not doing this. <laughs> You're out of your mind. Yeah, so it's you know, the bigger, the bigger the vision. And that's the, the perfect goal, example. Yeah. If yeah. Jesus could be so frustrated to want to give up, you know, how much more like 
ordinary people like you know, mm-hmm. you know people give up everything yeah you know and God was just like God didn't even say anything wow <laughs> like it was like man you know why you're down there you know the reason why you're down there so just get to it jeez yeah oh that's scary mm. well um so I'll talk about a quote that you mentioned in your mm. book uh, a line from your book and it says never let an inspired moment slip by without acting on it mm. that's on page 7 for those yeah. that have a book <laughs> page 7 so never let an inspired moment slip mm. by without acting on it that must be from the chapter to make your inspiration famous right yes I'll say yes. <laughs> I'll say yes. Right. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like you know, mm. geez, like, how do you, how do you work that into your life? Mm. Um, I know for for myself, uh, quite often the it's daunting to think about what I need to do to start acting on it. You know what I mean? To get mm. it into motion, sort of thing. But mm. you know, so um, expand on that. I think. Um... It becomes easier when, especially if you're operating within your purpose for your life, right? Okay. Because it it simplifies your life and the inspiration that you receive. Like there's some things I don't get inspired for, you know, for, right? Okay. Because I'm not supposed to or because it's not. It's it's like, think about it like being in a space where uh, you have access to a specific you know, information. Yeah. And that's all you get. Yeah. You know, but when it comes to actually acting on it, I believe the reason why I wrote that, you know, never let an inspired moment, you know, go without acting on it is because uh, we don't just get inspired by accident. You know, I, I feel like okay. people think that you can just have an idea out of nowhere. It's not out of nowhere. It's it's out of someplace. Yeah. It's coming from somewhere. God is staring you in a direction. Yeah. Or putting something on your heart to do yeah. this. Right. So if you don't act on it, what happens? It moves on. And have you ever experienced this before where you see something out there? Oh, don't get me started. And you're like, man, I thought about this. Don't get me started. And it's it's going to just make me sad. <laughs> and you're like, dude, I thought about that. I had that idea or whatever. Guess what happened? Some people are like, no, it's deja vu. No, it's not deja vu. There's <laughs> something that you missed. You like, you missed an opportunity to actually fulfill something, to Do bring something. something into reality. That's the opportunity you miss, and and that's why I feel like we don't just get inspired by, yeah, just because. Mm. How important is like, so you've had an inspired moment. You um, you you don't want to let us slip sort of thing mm. if you don't have the resources because mm-hmm. um, I know like for myself quite often it's been like oh well, look I don't have the time or I don't have the money so I'm going to put it on the back burner and then yeah. you know two three weeks later you, say, you see some dude doing like oh, man yeah, I saw that <laughs> but, so, but how much how much is resources I guess in, in our world particular mm. money a big deal um, when it comes to, you know, passion revealed purpose and pursuing those purposes and, and uh, getting those dreams to you to go. Mm. How much of it is faith-based? Just do it. I, I, I don't think, honestly, I, I feel like, you know, just like I said before, 
things happen when you take steps, right? When you move, mm-hmm. things move in your direction. You know, okay. Like it's like you could be standing here and you see a building right there, but you like, I want to get to that building, but that building is not going to come to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. You have to walk towards it. Yeah. The, the problem is people don't want to walk towards the building. You know, the building has a lot of things that you need. You know, f- you know, maybe facilities, Wi-Fi, toilet, cafe. Yeah. But those things are all waiting for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your part is to just walk towards the building. And you have access to everything. Yeah. So I feel like when you get inspired and you start to act on it, you know, yeah. just acting on it, maybe whatever it is, maybe you have an inspiration for a song and you start writing it down or you didn't just discard it like I'm not, you know, you start writing it down. Maybe you send send it to a musician. You're like, you know, have a look at this. You yeah. Know? What you're doing, you're walking towards that inspiration and that inspiration will start to open up opportunities and things attract people and things it's funny how this works but it works that way yeah yeah and i can i can tell you that man i think it it works just that way because think about the perfect example for me is the choir yeah we don't advertise true yep we don't you know in all the events that we've had in the past all the invitations we've had in the past there's just people reaching out to us wow we never went knocking, applying for anything. Oh. Yeah. I thought you had like flyers or something. Flyers for what? <laughs> we know. only put flyers out when we already, when we've been booked we're for an event. event. So we put the flyers out and say, okay, we, we're doing this flyer. The only thing we advertise for is auditioning for members. Wow. We don't advertise for stuff. We made brochures for like what we can do yeah. for when people talk to us. Yeah. But we don't okay. put it out like, you know. We're available. Yeah, we're available for this and that. Bucks an and, hour. And it's not like there's anything wrong with doing that. I and mean, a lot of people do that. And there'll come a time when we have to do something like that. But I think the point I'm trying to make is when you start, when you walk towards something, right? Yeah. That thing, it, it just opens doors for you. Yeah. You know, and the reason why people don't experience that is because they haven't taken enough steps towards whatever it is that they're inspired to do, mm-hmm. or whatever vision God has given them, whatever God has placed on your heart to do. If you don't do anything, nothing will happen, you know. So that's why I said, um, yeah, when you feel inspired, act on it, write it down, call somebody, speak to people, do some research, you know, just do something. Speaking about speaking to people, how yeah. much is... How important is it to to guard your your ins, your inspired moment, hmm. and how important is it to like where's the balance? You know what I mean? Yeah, to know this, I, give it out to everybody. You know, like be careful who you share it with. And how do you like, figure that out? Do you just? I I have very few like people in my life that I talk to about personal stuff. <laughs> you know, very very, I can count them on one hand. Like yeah. very few people. So, and and I think. That's, that's another area entirely where you have to have trusted voices in your life. You know, people that, you know, when you talk to them, it's not about... People that you cannot impress. People, you're not out to impress them. Oh, yeah, okay. You're that's out to be yeah. led by them. You're, you're out to be corrected by them, to be guided by these people. You're yeah. not out to impress them. So you just got to have those people in your life. Um, and I don't just share anything or whatever with people you yeah. know so 
you know, of course you have to be careful, you know. Is mentorship still a thing these days? Absolutely. I think so because mentorship has a very unique place in the sense that everybody flocks to social media to get, you know, information, yeah. motivation and all that kind of stuff, right? But when you have mentorship, you have someone with access to your life. They have context. So whatever they okay. give to you is tailor-made. It's just like when you go to men's warehouse and just buy a random suit. But you go to your tailor in the yeah. culture suit. Yeah. The difference, yeah. right? Yeah. It fits better, right? Yeah. Because they measure you. They know exactly what you need. They know, you know, where you, you're packing extra. You know, they know where you need to be padded, you yeah. know, yeah. and everything. So they measure you. So it's measured to suit you. Yeah. Right. So I think that's the benefit of mentorship, mentorship, right? Oh, all right. Cool. So, um, resistance. Resistance. You know, um, dealing with resistance, um, internal resistance. Yeah. Um, external resistance. I mean, in terms of, um, environment, um, interpersonal resistance, like within your, um, your people and stuff. A team. Yeah. Sorry. Like within teams or like within teams, within uh, spouses, within you know people who are, whether they like it or not, are stakeholders in whatever it is that you mm. do. Um, would you have any advice on how to deal with that kind of stuff? Say, for example, you wanna, I don't know, you're inspired to to buy this studio, mm-hmm. um, but your missus is like. No, nah. it ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing. There's no way that's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, that's, that's a bit mm. extravagant. Yeah. But then, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, how do you deal with that kind of resistance? I know in your book you mentioned um, some areas where you had some regrets. Um, yeah. With regards to uh, allotting your resor- um, resources and your, t- I think, um, particularly, I think you mentioned more of your time, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it came to your kids. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, how, how do you manage that and still feel like you are fulfilling your purpose? I think, uh, the number one thing is if someone, if anyone is in your life, spouse, wife, you know, husband, you know, kids, and they're important to you, they have to be at the forefront or whatever you do, you know, like they have to be with you, like in everything you do okay. and you have to make that happen by communicating the vision to them to a point that they understand it as much as you do. What if they don't agree? That's, like, a, yeah, like, that's a great idea, but no. Yeah, I, I think agreement comes, sometimes agreement comes over time. Okay. You know, it's a process. Sometimes so, you don't get to that. So, uh, I look, we're going to get a little mm. bit, I guess, well, I won't, I won't say it, but, you know, like, if, Say you've got you've got an idea. Yeah. Um, you're facing some resistance, say from I don't know whether it's your family members or yeah. whatever stakeholder it is. Um, how much how much does that affect the time issue when it comes to the fulfillment of a purpose? You know what I mean. So say mm-hmm. for example, like BCGC or whatever. Yeah. Um, is it safe to assume that there's a time allotment? Mm. So we spoke about. Um, how if you don't act on something that it's going to pass on to the day, it's going to move on. Yeah. Move on. Mm. Um, how do you deal with that kind of, if you feel, if you're feeling an urgency about something, like, mm. Hey man, we really need to do this yeah. now. 
Um, but then, of course, you are trying to honor the, the people around you, you know yeah. what I mean, and, and be respect, respectful and cooperative. Yeah. How do you, how do you, I don't know, kind of like, would you have any tips on how to work that out without losing your mind? Without losing your mind or losing your people. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, I think, again, it goes back to whatever it is you're trying to do, whose idea is it? Okay. Like, you know, like... I'll use an example like if um, if I say something nice and I want to buy it, right? And my wife says, no, you're not buying it. Why do I want to buy that thing? Why do I need that thing? Yeah. And I'm not buying it because I'm buying it to uh, fulfill something, a need for myself. Or is there a greater purpose behind it? Okay. So you know, I think that's where people, that's where the way we talk to people about those things uh, is crucial because you have to be able to bring them in on the purpose behind this thing. What's, what's the real reason behind it? What's the vision behind this thing? What's, what's this thing going to do for other people? Okay. Know? What's it going to bring into reality? Yeah. You know, when people have the capacity to appreciate that, you know, to see that and say, okay, I want to be a part of that. So it's it's more like saying you have to win them over, you know. Um, and also, if you know for sure and you're certain that what you're doing is escalating your purpose and it, it's got a bigger, you know, significance behind it, yeah. you know, nothing should be able to stop you. Nothing should be able to stop you. You know, I, I believe there, there are some people in our lives that you cannot remove from your life and there are some people that, it's okay to like kind of like swap seats and stuff, you know, <laughs> just move things around. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like um, it's like saying uh, when God gives you a dream or vision, that doesn't change. But the people he uses around you can change mm -hmm. at any given time. Yeah. God will replace people, but it wouldn't change his plan. Okay. You know, just like God replaced Moses with joshua right yeah. but the plan didn't change you're yeah, still yeah. going to the, the promised land. land yeah so sometimes when people become a hindrance like that or when people stand in the way of something that you know for sure that this is bigger than you and this is god leading you in, in this direction yeah the best thing you can do is to be loyal to god god that gave you the dream or the vision right okay. and still be cordial with people like, yeah. listen, I love you, and but the reason why I'm doing this and I'm keep, I keep doing this is because it's bigger than me. Yeah. And I'm being obedient to God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, you're going to see, you know, like, it's like, this thing will come together. You see, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you just have to have that. And that's that's because you're so sure yeah. that this is God. Okay. You know, and I'm telling you the truth. This is God. It will happen. And people will come around. People always come around. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I wish I'd believed earlier. I wish I'd, you know, done this with you before. I wish I'd, you know, you know, you know, listened to you when you first said this. Yeah. So, first of all, you got to check yourself. What's the motivation behind what I'm trying to do? Yeah. Am I trying to be famous and or make money and make a million dollars or whatever? And again, is it bigger than you? Is this coming from God? Is it, is it like something you're doing? Out of a sincere heart. Yeah. yeah. People will come around. Yeah. Oh. There's a lot of work to do, but yeah, I know people. Will That's come a lot of work. There's <laughs> a lot of work. I was, the goals tell people, I mean, yeah. you got to sell it. Sell it. Yeah. But don't oversell it. Yeah, don't oversell it. Because, yeah. <laughs> because, 
Because when you when you go through the dips of that journey, so they're like, I told you. Yeah. And people don't always understand the way you understand. Uh, I was I was I was talking to someone the other day, and I said something to her. I said, "Listen, uh, it was Bishop Jake's that first said this, and he said um, the, the fact that you're on fire for something doesn't mean everyone else around you should be on fire for that same thing." Yeah. True, so allow true, people true. to warm up. Okay. to you yeah. allow people to misunderstand you allow people to not have as much faith as you do mm-hmm. in your work that's okay you know but you keep doing that work because that's the only way you can validate your vision to them yeah you know and not that you need the approval you don't need the approval right yeah you just need it to be known that this work all along has been bigger than me yeah and it's not about me yeah you know and when people start saying that they, they, they want to be a part of it yeah yeah Oh, and that's consistency. Mm. Ooh, yeah, consistency is king. That's king, bro. As they say. <laughs> um, so what's next? So you just—I think you mentioned that you've got a—you're uh, writing another book. Yeah, I'm writing when another now, book. When, when, when can we expect that? It was supposed to be out in July, but I decided to push it for another six months at least. All right. Because um, I want to do something else with it. Um, it's a—it's a very practical book. Like it's. Uh, unlike the first book where I was just sharing stories and ideas, this is very practical. It actually takes you on a journey of walking, trying to figure out what your life is all about. Okay. The purpose is at the end of that book, you need to be able to put that book down and say, okay, I know what what I need to do. Yeah. You know, without me telling you anything, just guiding, you know, yeah. things that are, I think are very, very important to know and to pay attention to. So... The passion finder. That that yeah. So maybe another six months. I don't know, eight months maybe. What do you mean? But it's gonna come out next year, October twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Oh, it's a good yeah. year. Good year to have it. Good year to have it. Yeah. Any music? Any new music coming up? Not any, really. Not uh, recording anything. No. I I've, I want to get you guys in for a showcase one day. Let's do it, man. When you, uh, okay, we'll talk about. I've that written later. some songs, but we haven't been. You know recording anything or working on anything particularly we've just been so busy with this event and also with the introduction of um sing entertainment yeah things have just been so busy and you know so how's that going how's that singing entertainment it's going great um so it's basically now the representation for uh the the management for brisbane city gospel choir so brisbane city gospel choir is like a community choir non-profit obviously yeah 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 but you have Sing Entertainment, who that it, that's the management and the agency that does the booking, the contract, and everything. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the way things operate right now. So, yeah, things have been busy since uh, starting that, like a year ago now, I think. Yeah, it'll be one year in November. Are you um, are you gonna open a? Uh, sorry, are you gonna start a record label anytime soon? We already kind of have one. Like like everything we've done we've done as two musical records yeah. so which is like registered incorporated kind of you know yeah, yeah. Uh, but an actual actual record label when I told you I wrote something down 15 years ago yeah. in that book yeah. it was a choir a record label a publishing house a training like a school yeah. for you know, you know like gospel musicians and artists and stuff like that yeah. and those are the four things that were in that book so it's like the choir is opening the doors for those things yeah, yeah, slowly yeah. but surely Absolutely, yeah. and that's you know back to what I was saying about you just gotta take the step one yeah. and then you start to see all the things yeah. manifest as a result of that you know 
Obedience, you know. Cool. So. Awesome. Uh, now we're going to get into our uh, rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire questions. Rapid fire. So, scary. so what happens is I just um, ask you a question. Yeah. And you just give me uh, the quickest and shortest answer. The first thing that pops to your mind sort of yeah. thing. Um, I don't think it should be too hard for you. I think you, oh. you, know, you seem right. like a very uh, clear thinker. I'm glad you have so much faith in me. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, then. So, first question uh, favorite artist? Favorite artist, man, Smoking Off. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Favorite song? Favorite song, uh, Celebrate by Smoking Off. Uh, Pit Hate? Uh, I don't think I have one. No? No, no. People don't indicate. Um, people leave, you know. No, the, I think the only thing that gets to me really is uh, lack of commitment. The one thing that get what's the one thing that gets you to that point where I'm, I'm, I'm going to start cussing people out now? <laughs> it's when people don't make up their mind. <laughs> See, I'm a very I'm a very decisive person. That, right? When I want to do something, I just make up my mind and I do it. How's your missus like when you go to like takeout? When we go take her, oh Jesus! Don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> you know she's gonna, she's probably gonna see this, right? Yeah. Don't even go there. Like, um, I feel like the as soon as we walk into the restaurants or whatever, you know, I already know what I want. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? But we need under twenty minutes, you know. And even after making a decision, it's not over yet. Oh no, you no, see, it's not. It's only over the moment she takes the first bite. Yeah, you know, then she, then, wow. she can still change her mind even while the food is being prepared and coming out of you know, right? So you know, it's a different ball game, you know. <sighs> Bring me to tears sometimes. Patience, man. Oh man, it's crazy. It, it like, builds your patience. Like, and I think your and I, and capacity I like, to be and I, and patient. I'm, I'm not being you know, um, yeah. you know, uh, rude. I hope not. Yeah. But like even my daughter is like that. And I think I don't know if it's just like a woman thing or something because she's like, mm, I have that there, and then she changes her mind. Like, ah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Come on, what do you want? What do you want? It's <laughs> like I don't know. What do you want? Yeah, you know, sort of thing. So yeah, I, I think we just approach options differently. Like the way women and men approach options is different. Do you think that? They, yeah. Do you think that? Because I think that I don't know. For me, it's like if I think I'm going to go to Nando's, for example, and hmm. the back of my mind, I already know what I want to yeah. get from Nando's. But for me, it's like with the missus, like it's like they start thinking about what they want when yeah. they. When they get to the front of the line, they're like, they're like, oh, okay, so that's what we're doing? Yeah. Oh, okay, let's see what we've got. Like, oh, man, we've been staying in the for like 10 minutes. We drove you for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, you, not once did it ever cross your mind what you might want sort of thing. But, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Next question. Oh, man, we can go on for days about that. But anyway, um, next question. Nike, Adidas, or Reebok? Oh, bro, Nike. Uh, oh, jeez, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite quote. Favorite quote. Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, mm, that's it. I think my favorite would be. Uh, it, it will be. Uh, do everything. Uh, work as if everything depends on you. Pray as though everything depends on God. Amen. Yeah. Um, things that freak you out or scare you. Oh, things that freak me out, scare me. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like, oh, anything that's like, oh, yeah, I can't stand that. As soon as I see it, your toes start to start to curl. Or I just can't start, stand untidy, like, space. Like, yeah, it messes with my brain. I, I just... 
it makes it hard for me to think when I walk into a place, right? Is this room confusing? This is a studio, bro. Okay. You know, things are always hanging, you know, laying around in the studio. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. But you walk into a house or you walk into a room or walk into an office and things are all over the place. Yeah. It, it's just like the, the place is about to collapse you know, <laughs> to me. So you like go into this panic mode, trying to organize things and put things together. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, generally speaking, I think okay. that's something that's messy. Mess, yeah. Most memorable Bible verse. Most memorable Bible verse. One verse that my man, I can quote would this be, verse um, anytime. Uh, Isaiah forty-one verse ten, which is my scripture, my personal scripture. All right. Which talks about uh, do not be afraid, do not be. But for I am your God, I will hold your right hand and then I will lead you. You know, like, it basically, that was a scripture that I got a long time ago about just don't worry about your life, man. Like, I got you. You know, mm. I always show you the way, you know. Yeah. But I just trust God. Your mm. mm. dream collaboration. My dream collaboration, Jesus. That dream My- collaboration that if someone offered it to you, yeah. you run over your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Kick everyone out the way. Maybe, maybe not run over my wife <laughs> because there'll be no going back from there. You come back oh. like I'm sorry. He wants to drive away. Dream collaboration for me, honestly. Can I name three people? Okay, but can you rank them? I'll rank them. Okay, yeah. yeah sure. uh, dream collaboration for me will be at the top. At the top will be Smoking Nuffle. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Donald Lawrence. Yep. Kirk Franklin. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. What's your fascination with Kirk Franklin? My fascination with Kirk Franklin is his songwriting skills. He's amazing, like songwriting okay. and the way he arranges his vocals and everything. Yeah. It's just brilliant. He doesn't sing, right? But yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's an amazing songwriter. Like, okay. Lyricist. He, the way he writes songs is just mind blowing. Close I thought, but it's like, okay, if you if you were to give you if you were to give your top your top ten. Mm. So well, obviously we've got um, Don Lawrence and Smoking Awful and um, Kirk Franklin, Kirk Franklin occup- occupy your top three. Mm. What were you? What were the? What was I going to go with? Yeah, Fred Armand. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Fred Armand. Uh, I'll do Fred Armand. I'll do definitely do Travis Green. Yeah, yeah. Yolanda Adams. Yeah. As a Kyle Walker. Yeah. Um, Ty Trebek. Yeah. Um, oh, and the Clark sisters. Right. Yeah, Doreen the Clark Co., you know, you know, all the See, sisters. So no Israel Horse I love Israel for his music, like, you know, Praise and Worship William and all Murphy, that kind of stuff. No? Yeah? William Murphy, no? William Murphy, no. Not really. Yeah. I enjoy listening to the music. Yeah, like, yeah. I love Israel. Like, I love yeah. his arrangements and everything. Yeah. But the reason why I love Israel was Aaron Lindsay. Okay. The, the producer and the keyboard player. Oh, right. I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 And um, what's the what's that other one? Uh, oh, I just stuck my mind now. Haddon? Who's that? Dietrich Haddon. Oh, Dietrich. Oh, Dietrich is amazing. You know. Yeah. Not really. Not really. No, no matter type of you know. Yeah, like like yeah. ABC being your top twenty. Or <laughs> it's got too much energy. <laughs> Dietrich. Natasha, uh, they have. Yeah, they're just so they're full of life crazy. Yeah, Natasha, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know, does he sleep? Doesn't look like he sleeps like that. But you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So good. Well, man, that brings us to the end of our first episode. Thank you so much for coming. Really appreciate it. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. I've been really looking forward to, to, to doing this. I've been sitting on it for a long time, so I've got to do it. Yeah. And I think I asked you to, to be a guest a couple of months ago. Yeah. And I knew I wanted you to be my, my, my first guest. Wow. Um, obviously, because a um, lot of the things we do are very similar. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like I said, the, everything that you do is... is really is all inspiring it, it, it is inspiring to me so it's it's always a pleasure to talk to you even when we just catch up for coffee and stuff like that. Yeah, man. so it's dope thank you so much Thanks, for coming man. appreciate you Toast with me truthfully speaking thank you thank you done alright man thanks Steve